Anybody? Anybody alive today? I said anybody alive today in Colorado Springs? Anybody full of the life of God today? You know, um, how, many, how many of you guys uh, are part of a youth group? How, ma- how many of you think you have the best youth group on the planet? How many of you um, joined the youth group? You didn't grow up in the church. You joined it after, like, they were already moving and, and, and moving and grooving, and you kind of joined, and you were like, what in the world are these people about? How many have that experience? That, that was my experience when I got uh, turned on to Jesus at, at 16. I, I didn't know anything about youth group. I didn't know what these people were about. Um, but a friend invited me to church. How many of you guys ever invited somebody to church before? Listen, you need to keep inviting people to church because I was the dude that you never thought would go. Don't invite Ron. He won't go because I'm the party animal, right? I'm the guy ditching classes, hanging out in the parking lot with all my friends. And um, so finally a friend invited me and I'm like, sure, I'll go. Why not? I mean, God's cool. I'm cool. We'll get along. And so you can see I was arrogant. And um, so I go to this church. They, he didn't invite me to youth group. He invited me to church. And it was freaky, man. People like singing really loud, like with their voices. You know what I'm talking Like I'd never been in a church where people sang out loud. It was more like the, the organ played loud and everybody just was there like in a trance. And... Um, but, but people were singing loud and, and, and getting rowdy about this whole thing. And, and I really thought, I was in the back, there's like 200 people crammed in this building. I thought they were singing a love song to their pastor. Because they were singing really passionate. And they were sort of looking up towards the stage. And I, I was in the back going, who are they singing to? I was looking to see who they were, looked like they were looking at somebody. I'm like, okay, okay. They kept singing and singing. I thought, okay, you love your pastor. We got it. Let's go on. And I, and I finally, I... I couldn't see who they were singing to, and I looked at the words. <laughs> they were singing to God. And I thought, these poor people. They think God can hear them singing. And then, and then something shocking crossed my mind. I thought, <clears throat> I wonder if he can. Freaked me out. I grew up going to church and never crossed my mind that God might actually be able to hear us singing. That freaked me out. And then the preacher got up and spoke English first sermon I ever heard in English in my whole life. Now, the other ones were supposedly English, but how many of you ever heard a sermon that was, had so many long words, you needed like a, a translator or a dictionary or something to figure this thing out? How many ever heard a sermon like that? Man, this, and that's the only time I, I kind of ever heard, and then now I'm hearing this guy like talk normal words about God, and I thought like for the first time I was hearing about Jesus, and um, even though I grew up in church, and I was thinking, I was sitting in my seat thinking, why didn't anybody ever tell me this before? I would have gotten connected to Jesus a long time ago if somebody would have told me this. And um, I don't know if, if all these different words, the, you know, different language like they, that they invented, Christianese or something, long words that sounded spiritual. Anyways, so I got turned on, got on fire, and, and, and then I started going to youth group. And uh, these people were crazy. Uh, these youth were cra- I didn't know what a youth group was but they said oh you're young come be a part of the youth group and um, and I so desperately wanted to sing although I wasn't a singer and um, I wanted to play the guitar although I didn't know how to and um, so a couple guys taught me like two or three chords and I still know those chords to this day but um, and, and, and 
Um, so I kept saying, let me lead, let me lead. <laughs> I've been playing for like two weeks. And uh, they're like, no, 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 no. I said, Come on, let me lead. Because I just loved, you know, singing and worshiping. I just discovered this. And um, so finally they threw the guitar at me and they said, okay, here. And, um, and I struggled with my three chords and my two songs. And we, we had church. But um, I tell you, that youth group, getting connected to that youth group, totally revolutionized me because I mean I, I got connected to Jesus but I had to get some new friends and you know what I found these friends to be way better than all my party friends who were supposedly going to be there for me and all this kind of stuff but really everybody's out for themselves so um, stay connected to your youth group no matter how crazy they might be and you might actually be the one that makes them crazy um, you just don't know it like if you don't think anybody else is crazy you might ask somebody in your youth group it's you is if you don't think your youth group is crazy, you're probably the one. So, um, so I want to just uh, share with you guys some things that have been burning on the inside of me today. And I know you guys love Jesus. Is that right? Well, I'll tell you one thing that has is, that is really hacked me off, really makes me mad when the enemy does this. That you see get, young people get all fired up, get all passionate, get totally convinced that Jesus is the way, and they're on fire, and they want to follow him, and then they get distracted, or they get burnt out, and they, you know, you come to something like desperation, it's just amazing, and I'm so proud of David Perkins and all the team that has put this together, what a remarkable job they've done over the years developing, it doesn't get better than this, but still, just makes me mad when I hear about young people that don't keep following Jesus or, or they, they, you know, the well, it's not the same lights or it's not the cool band and now I'm not on fire anymore. If I could just take desperation home with me every day of the week. No, you can take Jesus home with you every day of the week. You don't need desperation in your back pocket. You need Jesus in your back pocket. And um, uh, so we're, we're going to talk a little bit about endurance today. Can I just take a poll? How many of you guys have ever endured something before? You, you've had to endure some things. Let me see your hand. Come on, don't be ashamed. Now, I mean, I'm not talking about like that stupid joke over and over again in the van on the way here that that one guy kept saying. I'm not talking about that. I mean, I, I'm talking about how many of you have ever had to really endure something really hard, like really difficult, um, like, uh, like say, some really hard um, ath- athletic practices, like two-a-days or something like that, like football or some other sport. Let me see your hand. How, how many of you, uh, so that's physical endurance. How many of you guys have had to ever endure something really difficult in your family, like an excruciating thing, maybe a divorce or just pain or hatred? Let me see your hand. How many of you have had to endure some guy or some girl uh, chasing after you that you really didn't want chasing after you and you had to endure that? See, I can't relate to you guys at all because that never happened to me. Uh, and... Um, how many of you have had to endure something life-threatening, like either a disease or something life-threatening in your family that it was like really, really hard for you to, to deal with? Let me see your hand. Uh, you know, um, endurance is one of those things that um, you don't hear talked about a lot, even though it's in the Bible a lot. And um, uh, I, I learned a little bit about endurance. I'll tell you um, one, one example of this is um, uh, my, uh, just a couple months ago when I was two months ago, my son and I went to the Grand Canyon, and uh, we, we, we thought we were going to hike down the canyon, and then we're going to camp, and then we're hike out, and um, so sure, you know, we could do that, um, so we hiked down, the down part was the easy part, turns out, and, um, and we were carrying 40-pound packs, because we had to take all of our food, and uh, tent, and 
all of that. And um, so then we, we hiked down to the bottom, we crossed over the river, the Colorado River, and then we had to hike up about two miles to our camping spot onto the other side. So we're there, you know, we, we made it down to the bottom of the canyon in like four hours, like sweet, up the other side another hour, hour and a half. We're tired, but we camped, and we had no idea what was coming the next day. This was so grueling. 40-pound packs, again, now, we think it would be lighter because we ate the food we brought in, right? But you had to put your water and all of this in. Anyways, we're, um, on, we started early in the morning, uh, 7 or whatever o'clock, 8 o'clock in the morning. We thought that was early. And um, it turns out um, this is like a 13-mile hike out, uh, up 4,000 feet after you've already hiked the first day, carrying 40-pound packs. And um, we were so miserable. It was like... Um, when we were about three miles from the top and we were really tired, we started thinking of ways to get out of this canyon without hiking. Well, if I pushed you over the edge, the, ho- the helicopter would have to come get you, you know? Uh, and maybe you could give me a ride too, you know? And that, that kind of thing. And it was like, it, it was a grueling set of circumstances where you knew, we knew, that unless we just stuck it out and walked, we were shafted. We were going to be there forever. There's no, you can't, like, I, I kept asking people for piggyback rides. No one would give me one, you know. I asked people to carry my pack out. They, they wouldn't. Um, I asked every old lady I saw that was hiking faster than me if she would carry my pack. She wouldn't, you know. And, and I was really frustrated. Um, so my son Cameron's right here. You, you want to say anything about this uh, grueling experience we had, Cameron? Um, getting out of this uh, pack, uh, getting out of this, uh, this uh, what was it? It's a big hole in the ground. Well, uh, it was also like 100 degrees outside in Arizona, and there was no shade at all. All the Arizona people over there, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Um, but yeah, that's and all. So I have you to were say. scarfing other people's food because we ran out of food. I was eating his food, taking food from strangers, all kinds of crazy stuff, and he actually gave me the heavier pack, so I had to switch with him. Yeah. <laughs> But you're stronger. You're more robust than I am, right? No, that's not true. So, and then, um, <laughs> now you admit it. So then, um, so, uh, so get, getting out of this, um, some, sometimes you get into something and you can't get out unless you have endurance. And we were in a hole, a big hole, and um, it was like, it, it, it didn't help, did it, Cam, when we discovered at the bottom of the canyon that um, if you sign up in advance, you can actually have mules carry your backpacks out. <laughs> I didn't tell him that until we were about halfway up because I did <laughs> you know so I thought I'd done the research and so in, in endurance is one of those things now let me tell you another experience here um, I um, last December I ran a, a marathon and um, first time I'd ever run a marathon and, and anybody know how long a marathon is? 26.2 miles right so I started training for this marathon now, I'd run a few miles before. I'd run like five miles, six miles, seven miles. It's only like three or four times that. So I'm starting to train to run this marathon. And um, <laughs> it turns out that um, training, um, you've got to run and run and run and run and run and run and run. And you run one really long run a week and a whole bunch of smaller runs. So you get up to eight miles, and then the next week you go to 10 miles, and the next week you go to 12, all the way up to 18 or 20 uh, miles in a week, the long run, and between that, you're running shorter runs. And so I'm doing all this because I'm sort of afraid. 
I'm afraid of what's going to happen on the day that I do the run. I, I, I realize I've got to get in shape, and I've got to learn how to endure. And I learned something that I just want to share with you guys today about endurance, and I learned it the hard way. And um, so if you'll, if you'll um, I guess that's the only way to learn endurance, right? Oh, I learned it the easy way. Um, and, and so if you'll turn with me to Hebrews chapter 12, I just want you to read a few verses with me. And how many of you guys like the Bible? Sweet. And, and verse 1, you can, you can read it for yourself. Um, uh, it says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders us and sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with endurance the race that is marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and rat, sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. So Jesus, in our time together, would you just help us to make some discoveries today that would help us to endure till the, till the very end? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You know, I, I discovered something. Um, very seldom does someone finish a marathon that hasn't trained. Every once in a while you hear, oh, I heard about this guy. Anybody here run a marathon before? Let me see your hand. Now, you see, very few people actually do. Um, but uh, every once in a while, you'll hear about somebody who didn't train at all, and they made it to the end, and you think, wow, he's a hero. Well, he may not be feeling like a hero at the end um, uh, because he didn't train. And sometimes we make those people our, our idols, like, wow, they, they did it without training. Aren't they robust? Not necessarily. Some might be able to do it. Most cannot. And what I discovered is um, in getting ready for, for this marathon and is I, I, I needed to to learn about how to train. So I'm, I, I started Googling stuff and like there's a million things, right? So I don't know what to do. So I go to Barnes & Noble and I go, I wonder if they have a book on marathons here in training. So I, I go and they're like, they have a whole section. Like they have like a hundred books on running marathons, training for marathons. I'm like, who reads these? And uh, why do they have so many different books? And so I figured that I better get one. So um, I started getting a book and got another and then reading stuff. And, and, and I, I got... The more I read, the more afraid I got. I kept seeing this one phrase. And this is the phrase I want you to, to just think about and inscribe on your heart this afternoon. They would talk about training, and then they would, then they would use this phrase, and they would ta- italicize it. They would say, but endurance training, you do this. For training to run, you do this. For endurance training to run a marathon, you do this. And they kept using that word over, those two words over and over again. Endurance training endurance training and uh, as if it's, it's a lot different than just training it's endurance training now think about in, in our Christianity we hear a lot about training we're like we're strong in the Lord how many of you guys want to be strong in the Lord let me hear a shout but you know there's a difference between training for strength and training for endurance a lot of us train for strength we want to get strong but we don't know how to endure so we get really strong, but we can't endure anything. We're trained for speed. Let's run real fast. Run, run, run. Run the race. Run, run, run. Run fast, but we don't endure. We run real fast for a little while, and then we get pooped out. We lose our breath. We lose our passion. And um, you think of all that Paul and Peter and all the great men of God, people that have gone through what they had to endure all that is spoken of in the Bible about endurance, Jesus said it. Those who endure till the end will be, will be what? 
saved, those who endure to the end. In, in Matthew 24, you can see those who endure, not those who pray a quick prayer, not those who kind of dance around when there's a great song and have a great band, those who endure. Till when? Endure till when? Come on, you got to help me out here a little bit, you guys. Again. And those who endure till the... So, gee, there's a lot said, like 112 times endurance is talked about in Scripture, yet we don't hear very much about it. So, I want to just share with you a couple things that I learned about endurance training and how it applies to our Christian life and see if we can equip, if you can get equipped, to endure till the very end. How many would like to cross the finish line one day and you see Jesus face to face, and you go, you know what? I didn't quit. I endure. How many want that moment? You want to you be there. You want to live in that. Let me see your hand if you want to be there. How many of you guys want to just barely drag yourself over the line? How many, how many of you guys want to run like as fast as you can over the line when you finish? Let me see your hand. Okay. So it's, it's, it's training to endure so you can make it and you can finish strong. So Four different parts of training. I just want to review here real quick. Number one was muscle training. Now, how many of you guys are like really pretty, um, you know, you're like pretty athletic. Let me see your hands. If you, you're like, you're, you, you work out and stuff and all. Now, how many of you guys are better? You're not trying to brag or anything, but you do work out more than most people. And you like, you enjoy like pumping the iron and like sweating and like, and like, and the pain. Let me see your hand if, you, if there's any, if there's any, any guys like that, like. Come on, don't be, don't, keep, keep your hand up. You're the, you know, you're the ones with the tank tops on. And um, <laughs> keep your hand. I, I need a volunteer. That's why I'm asking. I need somebody who's like really jacked, who's really into like training and stuff like that. I need somebody who's going to like, come on, you all know, I, I need a guide for this. Is that you? Okay, come on up here. Okay, what, what is your name? Christian. Hey, Christian, good to meet you, Ron. How old are you? Uh, 18. So you work out? You pumped a few irons in your day? Yeah, oh, yeah. good. Okay. Can you um, drop down and give me 10? All right. Okay. Okay, hold it right there. Don't move. Just hold it. Now, um, as we're talking about endurance, we're talking about, you know, we're not talking about weasels. We're not talking about people who want, who hope they can endure, but people that aren't afraid you know, to stick it out a little bit and get some muscle training. Go ahead, give me 10 more. A little slower there, Christian. Okay, hold it right there. Just hold it, hold it up. There you go. And um, so it, it's one thing, you know, hey, I did a few reps. I did, I did, I, oh, you know what? I actually bench press something today, you know? And, and sometimes when we're, we're working out our muscles, we, we feel like we, you know, we did God a favor because we you know we prayed a little bit extra. We worked out a little spiritual muscle. Woo, you're practically Mother Teresa. And, um, and, uh, and really, the shame of it all is guys like Christian work out physical muscles more than most of us work out spiritual muscles. Give me 10 more. Hi, how are you feeling right now? Good. You feeling the burn yet? Yep. Where, where's it burn at? Right here? Yep. Yeah? Feels good. Feels good, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. How, how many more do you think you could do? I don't know. Like, could you do, could you do 30 right now? No, no, no. Get your knee up. No, no, I can't. 
Okay, now you got to give me a lot more, bro. <laughs> Could you do 30 right now? Okay, let's do it. Come on, cheer for him. Okay, give him a hand clap. Now, now stay here for a second. Put your hands out. Put your arms out like this, Christian. Okay, I want everybody to stand up for a second. Put your arms out like this. Now, and now I want you to start moving them frontwards. There you go. Just have a little fun. Mix the air up a little bit. Just keep moving. There you go. How's that feeling, Christian? It's a break from the other, right? Yeah. yeah. Good. Keep going. Yeah, there you go. Keep going. Keep going. No, you can't put them down here like this. You've got to get up here like this. Keep going. Keep going. See, you're working out a muscle. You see, you, you come to desperation, you get work, a workout at the same time, right? And, of course, this is in addition to the worship workout. Keep going. Keep going. No, no, keep going frontwards. Not backwards yet. Don't be hitting that neighbor of yours, okay? Okay, now go backwards. There you go. Keep going. You guys look like you're trying to fly or something. We're practicing for the rapture here, David. Keep going. Keep, oh, no, can't drop your arms. Anybody feeling it yet? Feeling the burn? Okay, keep, no, keep going. Are you feeling Let me see. Yes or no? Feeling the burn? How many know? Okay, keep, everybody keep going. Anybody feeling a burn yet? Okay, you feel the burn. And you keep going, okay? Keep going. See, now you're enduring. At first you weren't enduring, you were just having fun. Now you're keep. No, don't put your arms down, bro. You got to keep them going. The girls are keeping their arms up. You got to keep yours up too, right? And uh, keep them up. Keep them up. Are you feeling the burn yet? Okay, now now you can stop. Keep your arms out. And now I want you to do this. Cherry pickers like this. Do like this. Just, just do that. Just keep it all. Oh, pick those cherries. Pick those cherries. Pick those cherries. Just pick the cherries. Pick any. Anybody feeling anything? Anybody feeling any love right now? How many would like to stop? No, 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 no. You can't stop. You got to keep going. Why? These cherries are depending on you. You got to pick those cherries. Pick the cherries. How many are feeling pain right now? Okay. Keep going. That's called endurance. Okay, keep going. When you feel pain, you keep going. 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 Anybody feeling any love in here? All right, give yourself a big hand clap. Christian, good job, man. You can have a seat. Now, Some of you are going to be feeling like, what's that pain in my shoulder tomorrow? Yeah, it was the cherry pickers. Okay, so watch this. We are so used to, in our culture, anytime you feel the least bit of discomfort, we take a pill, we do something to get rid of it. We, don't ha- we can't even endure a headache. We can't endure a bad joke. You know, we don't, we don't want to endure anything. But we just want, we go to the path of least resistance all the time. And this is what happens in our Christianity, and we don't endure anything. You know what? Jesus never promised a life without pain. 
If you have Jesus, you'll have pain. If you don't have Jesus, you'll have pain. The great thing is, you've got someone who's going to go through it with you. You've got someone who's going to give you the power. You've got someone who's going to be your best friend that lives on the inside of you, right? And so this muscle training is, is something I learned about in the running. Like, okay, I had to, my, my legs in shape and stretch and run and stretch. And you had to do all these things. And I, like, if you don't do muscle training right, you're going to get really messed up during the run. You had to roll your muscles out. Whoever thought of that? Whoever heard of that, man? You got to roll them out. And it hurts like a big, you know, like that deep massage. You ever felt like one of those athletic massages? It hurts. You got to roll them. You got to stretch and you got to stretch again. You got to stretch again. They recommend that you take an ice bath after your long runs. How many of you guys have done that before for you're an athlete? Because it, it shrinks your muscles and gets the lactic acid out so you're not hurting the next day. All these things for your muscles. Now, now most people, you know, at the beginning of the year, uh, it's a big time where people join gyms. I'm going to work out. I'm on New Year's resolution. And that's when gyms make all their money because everybody signs up. Yes, I'm going to do it. And they figure if I'm paying the gym every month, of course I'm going to go. <laughs> it lasts for like a first month. And, you know, the, the challenge is you go, I remember going to the gym, and you know, you think, I'm, I'm, I'm invested, I'm going to go, and I get there, and you, you see these people working out, and working out, and sweating. I couldn't stand it for more than 20 minutes of watching them, it'd wear me out, I have to leave. And uh, it just wear me out watching them. And um, the problem is, that's what a lot of people do spiritually. They go to the gym on Sunday morning, on Wednesday night, and they watch their pastor, or their youth pastor work out, and they go, and they go, and they go, and they go, this gym's not helping me a bit. I've been going here for a month. I've been going here for a year. It's not helping me get strong. It's like going to a workout gym and watching everybody else pump the iron, but you're not pumping yourself. This is a stupid gym. I'm going to quit this gym. Really? Because you got tired of watching other people pump the iron, but you didn't pump your own iron? Get your own muscles strong? Well, I don't like the way he pumps the iron. I don't like, you know, like, I don't like that sermon. It's not funny enough. It's not creative enough. It doesn't juggle enough. If my youth pastor would wear a tutu more often, I would come, okay? But, you know, that's where I draw the line. Not entertaining enough. Building spiritual muscles. Can I just tell you guys, how, how, how do you build spiritual muscles? Isn't interesting that it is actually possible for physical things that you do to help you build spiritual muscles. So you can come to, so what we want to do is we want to come to like desperation conference and in three days build all of our muscles. You can't do that. It's like going to a workout retreat and say, I'm going to be Mr. Olympia, you know, after, after one weekend. You can't do that. You can figure out how to get a regular training habit going on so that you do get in shape. Your spiritual muscles, over the years, of all the Christians that have lived, they showed us, our Christian forefathers, how to build spiritual muscles and the physical disciplines that they had. For example, they had the discipline of prayer, discipline of Bible study. Oh, we know about those. They had the discipline of silence, discipline of service, discipline of a Sabbath, discipline of fasting, dis discipline of solitude. They'd be, a, be all by themselves for a day or for a week or for a month. Discipline of reflection or memorization. These are things they would do. Now watch carefully. You just look at these words for a moment. Things that they would actually do, not to earn something from God, not to get more spiritual, but physically it would put them in a place where they could hear God better. 
Not that God loves you more when you do this. See, now most, if we do any, we do maybe prayer and Bibles, and maybe we do that. But there's a lot of other things you can do. For example, discipline of silence. Um, I was, I, it's probably hard for you to believe this, but when I was a teenager, I was a loud mouth. I was a obnoxious, stupid, everything that came to my mind, it would fly out of my mouth, I wouldn't even think about it. Every stupid joke, every stupid, you know, sound and noise and everything. Um, you know, I, I was that guy in your youth group that you're saying, shut up! That was me, right? And, uh, and um, so I got to college and I was still like that. And the Lord, this is just me and God, and God goes, Ron, you just need to close your mouth for a while. Just close your mouth. Stop talking and listen to people. And you'll hear me better. And so, as a freshman in college, I'm 18 years old, loudmouth, wild, only been on, on fire for Jesus for a year. I, I stopped talking. I only talked when people talked to me. I mean, it was a discipline because I was used to just shoot my mouth off all the time. Stupid things. I, I, would, I just wanted attention. I'd say stupid jokes over and over. Even though people said, shut up! I'm like, oh, they noticed me, you know? And, uh, uh, and, and so, like, when I met my wife, Katie, she's like, man, you're quiet all the time quiet. I'm not quiet all the time now, but there was a couple years where I just stopped talking unless I was talked to first and started thinking about what I would say, and I started learning how to hear the Lord's voice. It's interesting that physical things, doing physical things, our spiritual forefathers showed us. This is the way to go deeper. This is the way you work yourself out. So you fast for three days or for a week or for a month or whatever, and you get so intimate so that when you're not fasting, you know what that intensity is like. It's a discipline. Food does not control me. Neither does any other habit. Because I've learned to fast. You learn the discipline of fasting. People say, I want to be strong in the Lord. Really? Then you've got to work out. You can't just go to the gym, watch your pastor, watch your youth pastor work out. Come on, don't shout me down because I'm preaching real good right now. Um, it's, it's interesting that... that um, you, you don't do the thing saying, if I do the thing, I'll be changed spiritually. We do the thing because we have been changed spiritually. And we want more of Him. We do it because something's so real, we're like, wow, if I could cut more of the flesh off, maybe I'll just hear more of the whisper of God. We just get ourselves in a position to hear from Him. Lots of things you can actually do to work out spiritually. Working out your spiritual muscles. I'll tell you, you will not finish a marathon if you do not work out your muscles. You won't finish it. And you won't finish this marathon called Christianity. Called this walk with Christ, following Christ. Unless you work out spiritual muscles. Now, we actually developed a thing to help people do this, young people. It's, a, uh, it's an app for your smartphone. And uh, it's just a, the Choir, a Choir of the Fire app. In fact, if you text this number, go ahead and you guys put the number on the screen. We'll send you the link to this free so you can get it. It's a free app. That you, it's it's, like it's kind of like a game. Uh, like it's like a, uh, it's a game built on a gaming model, but it'll help you get in scripture and learn stuff and apply stuff and practice stuff. There it is. You can just, if you just, um, we'll, we'll just send you the link on how to get the, the app and you can, you can suck it in and start using it every day. It's just something for you to do in training. So physical muscles, spiritual muscles must be trained. I learned four things. One was physical muscles. Had to be trained. Number two is cardio. How many know what cardio means? It's your heart, right? It's a condition of your heart. And um, cardio training 
Um, now, I want to hear, um, like, you, you do cardio exercises. Like, you're, you're, you're in some kind of a team or sport, or you do some kind of a workout thing, and you do, you do a cardio. Let me see, let me see if, you, if you're that cardio guy or girl. Lift up your hand real, I mean, if you like, if you like feeling that, like, the sweat. Like, you, you like you just, you're huffing and puffing, but you're sweating, but you want to keep going. Let me see your hand. Okay, I need a volunteer that, that knows how to do this, okay? So, anybody want to come? Uh, uh, oh, wow, okay, come on up. Oh, we can, we can have two. That's all right. Come on up. Okay. And what is your name? Maddie Hannah. Hey, Maddie. Nice Hi. to meet you. And you are? Brandon? Okay, come stand right over here. And um, you guys, if you guys could just go into a, a run-in place, okay? Just go ahead, run in place. There you go. And um, so cardio is the habit. No, you, running means you actually have to take your feet off the ground, bro. And uh, yeah. <laughs> and um, so... Uh, it's, it's making your heart beat faster, right? Your cardio is making your heart beat faster. Okay, could you guys give me some high knees? There you go, high knees. Just keep going. And um, so, now, as, the more you work out, your heart beats faster. Let me tell you, let me explain to you what's going on with them right now as they're doing this, right? Their heart is beating faster and faster. The longer they go, the heart, and now they're, 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 in just a moment, they'll start huffing and puffing. Have you lost your breath yet? Good. No? Good. How about you? Good, keep going. All right. Come on, high knees, high knees. I'm not seeing those very high. There you go. All right. And um, there you go. There you go. <laughs> it's going to be interesting to see who can go longer, right? Uh, and, uh, and uh, okay, now, now high and back, okay? Can you kick up high in the back? There you go. Keep going. Keep going. Don't stop. There you go. There, high and back. There you go. And so as your heart beats faster and faster, this is what happens inside you. Listen carefully. Uh, high and back. High and back. There you go. Way back. And um, literally, as, as your heart beats faster forces your capillaries to grow. You actually grow more capillaries. And they, they say you have about a million miles of, of like blood vessels and, and veins and capillaries in your body, but you actually grow more when you do this. They're growing, growing, and growing into the smaller areas where they're not. They're, they're growing and they're expanding. You guys out of breath yet? Nope. Okay, good. Could you sprint now? Just sprint. As fast as you can. Come on, sprint. There you go. Sprint, sprint, sprint. I can't do it very long. Come on, keep going. You can't, what do you mean you can't do it very long? Yeah, you can. Keep going, keep going. Anybody out of breath yet? No? Good. Good. Well, we'll just see how long it takes. So you must be in pretty good shape. Good. No, no. I, I want to I I see a little perspiration here. Well, keep going. Now you've got to lift your knees up higher than that. That's not, that's not like dance, right? There. That's a dance. That's not really around, right? There. And uh, keep going. Okay, now I want you to do, I want you to do some squat jacks. Do you know what those are? Nope. Yeah. Yeah. Hands up and go down like this. Okay? There you go. Keep going. Down. No, not jumping jacks. Squat jacks. No, you're doing them opposite. Opposite. Start with your hands up and then go down, up. There you go. There, go. Keep going. And so what's happening here, just keep going. And, uh, and you make sure you squat when you go down. There you go. There you go. And um, so what's happening is their heart's beating faster. Their heart doesn't like it, right? But something healthy is going on on the inside of them. And so they keep squatting and they keep, uh, uh, you know, exercising their heart. Keep pushing. You don't have to look at me. Just keep focused. Now do it faster. Do it twice as fast. There you go. There you go. You can do it. Keep going. Feeling the burn yet? Yeah, good. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. There you go. Keep going, Brandon. That's right. Keep going. Are you feeling it yet, Brandon? Yeah, good. Yeah, he's like, yes. <laughs> and and um, he went, are you sweating yet, Brandon? No, a little bit? Uh, all right. Where's it coming out at? Right, right here? Right, right here? <laughs> are you sweating yet? Are you, are you glowing yet? You're glistening, yes. 
and uh, sparkling. And keep going, keep going. I don't, I don't hear anybody huffing and puffing yet, and I'm, I'm not really having any compassion for you yet. And um, neither is anybody else. They just think you're in such great shape, it doesn't matter. So, so don't you got to keep going. <laughs> See, they're in good shape. Come on, cheer them on a little bit. They, they need a little help. Go, Maddie. Good. Maddie, what sports do you play? Jack and tennis, good, good for you. And I, I can tell you're in good shape. Now, now you are feeling a little bit of burn right now. I can tell you guys are losing a little breath. Okay, stop for a second. Okay, now stand up. Now, oh, you're, you're huffing and puffing a little bit. You got a little bit of perspiration there. And how are you feeling right there? A little bit. Now, let me, let me tell you what's going on here. As they're breathing out, what's coming out? What is it? Don't say oxygen, okay? Because we have a whole other class, okay? So... They're, they're, so they're breathing out CO2, they're breathing out uh, uh, waste, right? Stuff that their body cannot use. Now, as you perspire, I know you're feeling it, right? What are they sweating? Well, they're, they're sweating toxins, stuff that doesn't belong in their body. It's trying to find a way to get out, right? And actually, what happens, I'll be honest with you, and this is a little bit gross, but some people that run marathons, they sweat so much, they, they don't go to the bathroom for like five hours, you know? Like, even though they're drinking water like crazy because they literally, all their toxins come out of their sweat glands, okay? Isn't that a beautiful picture? Yeah. You wonder why your underarms look yellow sometimes? And uh, so, uh, <laughs> I know. Give them a hand clap as they go back to their seat. Good job. Okay, so watch this, you guys. As you exercise your heart, two things happen. You get rid of toxins, and you increase your capacity for oxygen inside you. You grow more capillaries. You know, capillaries bring the blood, and in the blood comes oxygen, all the nutrition that your whole body needs. So watch this. You cre- it's, it's a strange connection. Your heart beating faster. You ever notice, like, after you work out for a while, you can go the same speed and not breathe as hard because you have so many more capillaries, you don't need as much oxygen. Your lungs and all of your body, it's not just your lungs, you've been conditioned where you can do more with less breathing. So um, you, you expand your capillaries, so you expand your ability to produce and you get rid of toxins and you get rid of toxins at an increased rate. Now I find this interesting. Why would God make our body in a way that we're constantly inhaling good stuff and breathing out bad stuff? Inhale, breathe out the bad stuff. Get rid of the bad stuff. You sweat, you get rid of the bad stuff. You get rid of the toxins. Our bodies like that. He could have made us if we didn't do that. You know, he, he, he created us to do that. And I wonder if there's some connection as part of the rhythm of life is our body must get rid of toxins to live a healthy life. So must our heart get rid of toxins and our heart our, not just our, our physical heart but the part of us that connects with God you know out of the abundance of the heart come evil things or come good things Jesus talked about and I think what happens sometimes is we say oh I love you God I love you I do I love you I love you but we've had so much toxic buildup in our heart well how do you get that we're just living in, a, in the world just what we see, what conversations we have at school and videos and internet and all this stuff. We, toxins build up. So sometimes we get this idea, but you know what? But I remember I got rid of all the bad stuff in my life. I asked Jesus to forgive me when I gave my life to him. But you know what? The very next day you walk down to a world that's full of corrosion. 
and it's toxic builds up just like that. Just like that. And the way you get rid of toxin in your heart is by repenting. God, forgive me. I hate that thing. Oh, I can see. I'm, I, I've gotten callous to that. I don't want that thing. And it doesn't just happen once a year. Just like you don't breathe once a year. You know, oh, I breathe. I breathe all I need for this year. I wonder if that's why Jesus said, blessed are those who are pure in heart, for they will see God. Sometimes, you know, we have these struggles in our Christianity. We go, but I can't hear you, God. I don't sense you. What's wrong? What's going on? Everybody else seems to be so tight. What happened? I wonder if we have a little toxic buildup when we can't hear him. See, when you exercise physically, you increase your capacity for oxygen. And the oxygen is like, it's, Jesus, you breathe on them and they receive the Holy Spirit. It's the, it's the presence of God. You, when you get toxins out of your heart, you increase the room in there for the presence of God. So you go, but I don't really, you know, it's like I read the Bible, it doesn't seem alive, and my pastor preaches, I don't really hear God saying anything, and you know, and well, have you had toxic buildup? You know, a little, got a little too familiar with those crass jokes, or that television program, or that music. It may not even be like a mega, a mega sin, it's just toxic buildup from the world. It's like plaque on your teeth. You know, you don't go and go, I'm going to put plaque on my teeth. You don't mean to get it. It just comes because you eat. You know, and I was, I was out mowing our lawn the other day at our house. And as I was mowing the lawn, I'm like, this is just like repentance. Like the grass keeps growing. I got to keep mowing it. It keeps growing. I got to mow it. Sin tries to come. I got to repent. It's got to be a regular rhythm part of our life. You know, I just, this is what I do. It's not like you don't have to make somebody come and choke you. Repent! You know, don't make God do that or your youth pastor or your girlfriend or your boyfriend or your friend or anything. Repent! Don't make your parents do that. It, well, we ought to be the ones. I want to get it out of me. I want to get the talk. I want to sweat a little bit. I want to get toxic stuff out of me so I can hear God. Blessed are those who are pure in heart. They will see God. Maybe you've had a hard time sensing God. You come to something like desperation. Oh, God, I want to hear you. I really am desperate. And he's like, man, I'm desperate too. I've been wanting to speak to you. And you got toxic buildup, man. Those that are pure in heart will see God, will sense God, will hear God. We've got to ask the question. What is the condition of our heart? How much toxic buildup have we had? Have we emptied it out lately? So we've got to work out our muscles, our spiritual muscles, and a discipline, fasting, praying, something. You don't have to do all eight of those or ten of those. One or two. Change it up, do this workout for a while, do another workout for a while. Keeping your heart pure. Number two, cardio workout. Number three here is, I learned, and I hate this word, I learned when I was getting ready for this marathon. Man, I'm not a runner. I don't want, I like, I see these runners like, that's not me. But I'm now I'm preparing for this marathon, right? And um, it's nutrition. I had to learn about nutrition. Now, I'm like the king of junk food, me and my son, uh, the king of junk food. And, and, and my, my wife and my daughters, um, they love everything healthy. Everything, if it tastes like cardboard, they like it. And... Um, and, and, and if it is cardboard, they like it. And uh, put a little cheese on it, and it's fine, or whatever, you know. And um, green and leafy, they'll eat it. And uh, it's disgusting to me. Now, I'm learning. I'm, I'm, remember, I'm desperate because I, I'm thinking about what might happen to me. You know, if you're not prepared for a marathon, people die sometimes running a marathon. They actually die. And I was sort of afraid of dying. And, like, if there was anybody that was going to die, 
probably be me. So I'm learning about this um, thing called nutrition. And um, it turns out you have to be mindful of what you eat. Uh, if you want to make it. And so um, I had to learn about carbs, good carbs and bad carbs. Who knew that there were good carbs and bad? I figured you just need calories to live. And uh, I don't care what form they come in. If, if it wasn't for calories, we would all die. And that's my, you know, my motto. And, um, uh, but um, the problem is if you don't eat the right stuff, you actually might be eating stuff, but you run out of energy and you won't be able to complete the run you're, if you're eating the wrong thing. Um, some people actually collapse in the middle of a race, in the middle of a run in the middle of a marathon because they didn't eat correctly in their training and preparing. And um, so, do we have any runners in here? Anybody like ever run track or run like uh, sprints and that kind of thing? Are you a runner right there? Yeah, come here. White hat, come here. Now, um, now uh, what, what is your name? Colton, good to meet you, Colton. Now, Colton, I need you to help me with something. Now, come over here. Now, this is what would happen, Colton. And, and they, they warned us about this. I'm reading the book, right? I'm just trying to survive. I'm trying to not die. And they said, this is what happens. If you do not prepare correctly uh, for a marathon at about mile eight, uh, 18 or 20 or 22, there's this thing that runners get uh, in marathons where they, they call it hitting the wall. Have you ever heard about this? Okay. So you're a sprinter. So let me, let me tell you about the hitting the wall, okay? Because when I heard about this, and if you ever hear about runners hitting the wall, it's like a scary thing. Like hitting the wall. What happens? Hit the wall. Did you hit the wall? What happened when you hit the wall? It's a big, like they talk about it, long distance runners, right? Hitting the wall literally is like at about mile 20, maybe 22, their body runs out of any energy that it can convert. And, and there's, and it has like, if you run out of energy generally, your body goes to your fat cells, right? But they can't convert them quick enough at this point. So they literally have no energy. So when they say they hit a wall, they're running, they're running, they're running, and it feels like they hit a wall. And sometimes they kind of grunt it out and like, and like they're, they're dying. Sometimes they literally fall on the ground. Okay, so I want you to demonstrate this for us. Come over here. And uh, Colton, uh, this is what I want you to do. Colton, I want you to go back where those doors are right there, okay? And, uh, and, and I'm going to have you do something, okay? Just, just go ahead and take a walk. You don't have to run. Just walk back there, okay? Yeah. And, um, yeah. And um, you can walk a little faster if you want to, Colton. Uh, Colton, turn around and walk backwards as you're, as you're, because I want you to see what I'm, I'm going to do, okay? Now, right here, you can't see it, but there's a wall, okay? It's an invisible wall, but it's real, okay? And this is what I want you to do. I want you to sprint, Colton, as fast as you can, and I want you to show, show us what happened. If you hit this wall, what would happen to you, okay? Ready? Everybody say, all together, on your mark, get set, go! Here it is! Pretty dramatic. His feet actually went through the wall. <laughs> Come on up, man. Good job. No, no. Now, lay back down. The reason I want you to just look at this for a second, look at, look at him. Everybody look. Put the camera on him for a second. This is what a lot of on-fire Christians look like. They hit a wall, and they're laying down, and they're not prostrate before the Lord. They are worn out. They're in sin. They're tired. They say, I've done that Christian thing. I don't want to do it anymore. I ran hard for a long time. And this is what the enemy tries to do to us. Gets us all laying on the ground. I did desperation for a few years, but then I just ran out of steam. I hit a wall. And we all know people that have hit a spiritual wall, don't we? 
We know people, you're thinking about somebody right now who used to be an on-fire member of your youth group and you don't know where they're at now or what they're doing. You just heard stuff. Now let me tell you something. As I was reading and training for this marathon, this is what I, I read these words and it pierced my soul and I want, you to, I, want, I want you to listen to these words. It said, only ignorant and uninformed people hit the wall. Listen carefully. Only ignorant and uninformed people hit the wall in a race. The only reason you hit a wall is because you didn't know what you were doing. You did not prepare right. Think about this. Look at the, inscribe that on your arm, your friend's arm, a hat, something. Inscribe it somewhere. Only ignorant and uninformed people. People that were running, I'm going to do this forever. No, you're not. Not unless you're in shape. Not unless you have trained. Come on up, Colton. Give him a hand clap. Listen, you guys, I am so tired of the enemy doing that to your generation, doing that to well-meaning people, running as fast as they can. Now, this is the deal that I figured out, that I, that I learned, that I had to, even while I'm running, I had to keep eating. I had to keep eating the right things to give me energy, to give me energy. And I was afraid. Am I going to be able to finish this? Am I going to be able to finish it? I'm doing the nutrition. I got stuff in my water that's, you know, helping me get electrolytes and all this kind of stuff. And I have to tell you, I... I got to mile 20, and then mile 22, and then mile 24, and then mile 25, no wall. Now, I wasn't, I, went, I wasn't tiptoeing through the tulips. I mean, I wasn't like, woo, this is fun. You know, I wasn't doing that. But I didn't hit a wall. Some people, what they, hit, what they do when they hit a wall, they fall down like that. Some people just grunt it out, and there's a lot of people, and you might even be here now. You've been doing this, I'm just going to keep grunting it out. Grunt, I'm going to make it just grunt. You can't do that for very long. And you try to grunt it out, and you go, this Christian life isn't any fun! Because you lost all your joy, you lost all your energy, you lost all your passion. Now you're just gritting it out because you don't want to go to hell. Wow, what a great life that is. Only ignorant and uninformed people hit the spiritual wall. So yeah, it forces you to ask the question, what have I been consuming lately? What have I been eating? So, spiritual food. How, where, where, where have you been eating lately? And you go, oh, I go to church every week. Sunday and Wednesday. Really, think about this. What would happen if you only ate physical food twice a week? Especially as a teenager. Especially as a teenage boy. Like, you'd go crazy, man. How, what? How could we possibly think we would survive a week without spiritual food? Well, two times, two meals a week. Really? I wonder if that's why it's all through Scripture, things like sincerely desire the milk of the Word, stuff like that. I mean, it's a clear metaphor. Taste and see that the Lord is good. In the same way, you've got to eat several times a day. You've got to eat spiritually. What, what nutrition have you had? What have you been consuming? What have you been watching? What have you been putting in your mind? What do you eat? You know, and you know, it's so much easier today than like when I grew up, I mean, I mean, you could just like, if you have a topic you'd like to know something about, you Google it, you get a podcast, you get a Bible study, I mean, just like that, just quick it's in your brain, it's there. It's like it's the easiest thing in the world. You don't have to come up with your own sermon. There's like 500 people with a sermon on giving or on you know, gratitude or on you name the topic. You just find them right there so much spiritual there's books to read actually books that you can read with your eyes 
like, like e-books or like real books, like with that paper and stuff. You can read stuff that people have written how to get strong and it feeds your soul. There's scripture you can memorize. What have you consumed lately? What have you fed yourself with? And what, how, so the question is how much spiritual food have you had, but also what kind? Now I know some of you guys would love to have dessert three times a day for your, your meals, right? <clears throat> I'm afraid that's what we do sometimes spiritually too. We only want to hear sermons that we know are going to get us really happy. How about this? Um, go find a message or a book or a sermon <laughs> that's about some, cha- some challenge in your life that you don't want anybody to talk to you about. That you know when you hear it, you're going to have to repent. That's like eating your vegetables. Oh, I don't want to, but I need to. See, because we, we, it's easy. Oh, I'm going to go get all this really fun stuff to listen to, you know, and f- to feed myself with. It's like having candy all the time. Have stuff to challenge you. Find stuff to challenge you. I listened to a sermon, I think it was just yesterday or the day before, about being generous. Now, I'm a tither and a giver and been doing that for years, but I thought, you know, I need to be more generous. So I listened to something I knew was going to want to make me more generous. An area of the flesh that you don't want to get stronger, you go get food in that area. So nutrition's a big part. So you got to get your, your muscles strong, your heart pure. You got to get the right nutrition, consuming the right things. And finally, the last thing is this, is mental training. This is what I found out. I found out that you can have your muscles strong and in shape. You can, you can have, you know, your heart pumping and all the capillaries. You can be eating the right stuff and you still will not finish the race if you do not mentally get in the game. They kept saying, you've got to see yourself crossing the finish line. You've got to see yourself. You've got to see yourself cross. You've got to picture yourself. You've got to see yourself mentally. You've got, if you're thinking, I want to take a break. I'm going to sit down. I'm going to do that. You're gone. You're done. You won't finish. Physically, you could do it, but mentally it took you out. How many Christians have stopped? They mentally weren't there. Is that why Scripture says things like, set your heart on the things above, set your mind on the things above in Colossians? Can you see yourself crossing the finish line? So you're like 14, 15, 16. Can you see yourself when you're 80, 85, 90, crossing the finish line? You're going home, man, you're with Jesus. Can you see yourself? And he's saying, well done. You got married, you stayed faithful, you didn't have affairs, you were good parents, you changed the world, you made a difference, you prayed like crazy, you went on missions, you made it to the end. Can you picture yourself? Can you start doing that today? You get mentally going, you know what? I'm not going to be this guy that, you know, a million times, you know, is unfaithful to my wife. I'm not going to be that guy that, that keeps falling away and repenting, falling away and repenting, going around and around and around. I'm going to keep repenting, but not because I fall away, but because I want to get more pure. Where do you see yourself? You gotta mentally, you gotta set your heart. You know why it says set? Everybody say set. Because you don't accidentally think about it. It's not like you're watching MTV or something, video game, whatever, and there Jesus floats through. Hey, remember me. Doesn't happen. You gotta set your mind. You gotta set your heart. It's your choice, what you let in your brain, what you do. Your distractions, you know, the data that says... By the time you're 18, the average young person will see 40,000 hours of TVs and movies. 11,000 hours in a classroom. 800 hours in church. That's not counting video games, internet, all, social media, all that. So you've got to choose. What do you set your mind on? Where do you set your attention on? You know, the fact is, is that 
you've got to run your race. No one can run your race for you. Your youth group can't run it for you. Your youth pastor can't run it for you. People can encourage you, but you've got to run your own race. Now, I'm going to close here in just a second, but I've got to tell you what happened. As I'm running this race, this marathon, I'm feeling pretty good. And uh, some of our staff ran with me. They, they ran a, um, uh, uh, you know, a relay, so like four or five of them were in there. And Katie, my wife, was one of the relay racers, so she ran the first five miles or so with me. And um, then she came up and ran the end, uh, end with me. And I'm feeling in pretty good shape. It was a nice day in Dallas, you know, Texas, where I ran. And um, until mile 13. When I got to mile 13, I started feeling pain right here in my hips. Now, I'd run all these other miles. I'd run up to 18 miles, and I hadn't felt pain. Now I'm on mile 13 of a 26-mile run, and I'm feeling pain. And I'm thinking, I hope it goes away. I mean, it's like pain every step right here in my hips. And um, so all the way through mile 13, and then 14, and then 15, pain, 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 step after step, pain, 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 step after step, pain. You know how many steps there are in a mile? There's a lot of steps, right? And I got to mile, I'm thinking maybe I'll run it out and it will leave. It didn't leave on mile 14 or 15 or 16. Pain, 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 pain. Oh, 16 and 17. Now, when I got to about mile, I think it was 16 or something, I don't remember. Um, they have you run way out around this lake. And when you come around the other side of the lake, you can see the mirage of downtown Dallas. And that's where we all had to run back to. I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> It's like, it looks like might as well be the Emerald City. It looks like a million miles away, you know? And, and I'm like, pain, 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 pain. Every single step, every single step, the second half, pain. So if you don't have any pain, you don't know what it means to endure yet. You don't like, hey, can you endure this ice cream? Okay, I'll try. Can you endure pizza too? Well, okay, if you make me, you know? Like things that are fun, you don't endure. Things that are intense, that are difficult, are the things you endure. And so this whole second half of the race, I'm running, 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 and pain, pain, pain. And, but my mindset, right? So watch this. Uh, I had a bunch of encouragers out there that a bunch of our interns in our honor academy had come out to, they had signs and stuff, and they were kind of cheering me on at the beginning. And then they started posting themselves at different mile markers. So I, they're like, 10 here and then 20 there and then 30 there and then 10 here and like they, so they started showing up random places with signs go Ron go keep running Ron keep running keep running and what, what I figured first of all I started doing this I was out of my mind but um, I don't, it wasn't like, a, wasn't like a bucket list like oh I really want to do this um, but I, what convinced me is I found out there's 26 miles there's 26 million teenagers in America and I wanted people to start praying for you guys for your generation so we start sending all kinds of social media out pray for the 26 million and all the different needs and for every mile we're going to pray for this and this. so we got like millions not millions probably thousands of people praying and praying and praying during this 26 mile race right so I thought now that made it worth it to me not, not just the race itself so I'm like I had to finish because I want everybody to keep praying for you and um, so they're cheering for me and, uh, and I, would, I would show up to the next mile marker like mile 16 and I'm, I'm like really in pain and I'd hear them like cheering me on keep running and, um, and then I'd get to the next one um, mile 17 and I'd hear them crying out again with their signs keep running they're, they got bells and stuff and they're tambourines and they're screaming horns keep running and uh, then I got to mile 18 and I'm feeling exhausted and I'm feeling delirious and I hear them all shout real loud keep all right and then yeah, and then my knee started hurting too. And, and I get to the next mile, and there's a bunch more, and they all shouted out again. 
and uh, I'm, I'm thirsty like crazy. I feel like I might get dehydrated, and then, but I still don't want to drink. But I see a bunch of them coming at, at the next stop, and I hear them yell again. And, and listen, this is what happened. About the last three miles, this is the most amazing thing. They couldn't stand it anymore. None of them were registered for the marathon. They all jumped in and started running with me. They had high heels on. They had bare feet on. They were carrying. And they start running with me the last three miles. And so the last mile, I said, you know what? I'm going to finish strong. And I just started kicking it, right? And I'm like, I'm like one big ball of, you know, sweat, you know? But I'm going to run it. And they start running as fast as they can. And we cross the finish line, me and these 40 others that are running with me. And they, none of them have numbers or, or anything. And, and the guy says on the loudspeaker, I bet there's a story behind that right now. What what are all these people running with this guy? And I'm thinking, this is exactly what Scripture talks about. There's a great cloud of witnesses, people that are cheering us on, people that are cheering you on. And when you feel tired and you feel like giving up and you don't feel like reading your Bible, there's a cloud of witnesses that are cheering for you. They're screaming as loud as they can. And you feel the pain because life has hurt you or family has hurt you or friends hurt you or you feel like God's hurt you or he didn't come through for you. You'll hear them. If you listen real carefully, you'll hear them screaming for you. And when friends have let you down and when girls have let you down or guys have let you down or somebody's broken your heart, if you listen carefully, instead of giving up, you'll hear the cloud of witnesses screaming for you. They're saying... And you feel temptations all around you trying to lure you away. But you know what? If you listen carefully, you'll hear people like Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and Moses. They're cheering you on. They're saying, and you feel exhausted like you just don't want to get up. You just don't want to pray. Why do I need to do it again? But if you listen carefully, you'll hear like Peter and James and John. They went before you and they're cheering for you. They're saying, when everything seems to be going bad, And you're facing the most difficult situation in your life. And everyone has let you down, even people that you maybe have admired. You get this great cloud of witnesses, including the Son of God, Jesus Christ himself. And they're all cheering you on. They're all shouting as loud as they can. So, what will you do? Scripture says, look unto Jesus.
eyes closed for just a moment, I want you to think about what you just saw. It says, look unto Jesus, who for the joy set before him endured the cross. He showed us how to endure. This is a picture of endurance. Never ask us to do something that he didn't do first. This afternoon, I want to ask you, invite you, to enlist yourself in cross-training. Training to endure the cross. Training to endure till the end. I'm not talking about training for strength or training for speed. I want you to make it till the end. I want you to hear the words, well done. Listen, you don't finish a marathon if you have not trained. Don't think you're going to be one of the lucky ones that finished that didn't train. Your spiritual muscles. What disciplines do you think, Lord, I, I could do that. I need to start working out. Praying, reading the Bible, fasting, silence, solitude, one of those. Your heart, what kind of shape is your heart in? Got some toxins in there you need to get out. Wonder why it's had been hard to hear from God lately. Things that you used to not tolerate now you think, oh, they're okay. I need to repent. I need to ask forgiveness of that stuff. Nutrition. What have you been eating? What have you been consuming lately? Have you been feeding yourself or waiting for your youth pastor and your pastor to feed you? It's time to grow up and feed yourself. And finally, your mental training. Setting your heart. Setting your mind. Wouldn't it be great if instead of leaving, just being excited, and instead of leaving with, with, with an encounter, yes, we want to have an encounter with God this week, but what if you left with the tools to have an encounter every day? That you were in shape, you were training. You realize this is the training that goes on the rest of your life, the marathon. It ends when you meet Jesus face to face. Listen, you don't wait till you have pain to find out whether you endure. You train right now. Jesus, his whole life was training for that moment. If you would join me in listing yourself in cross training, training to endure till the end any one of these four areas or all four this means kind of really writing it down making a plan getting accountability I mean that's what it means right we're not just airheads that bump in and out of church and conferences we're, we're in training if you join me in that would you just stand up step out of your seat and let's come down and enlist ourselves in training to endure this is endurance training. That's what this is. You're not just committing to endure. You're committing to train. We don't endure without training. It's the physical muscles, maybe. Maybe it's your heart. Maybe it's your nutrition. You need to start feeding yourself. 
No more going to the gym and just watching your youth pastor, your pastor work out every Sunday. I'm going to work out. I'm working out seven days a week. I'm working out. Maybe on Sunday I'll let them work out and I'll, and I'll get the benefit of their workout. But every other day I'm going to. again, if you've come, would you just lift up your hands as a sign of surrender and just begin to cry out to him right now? Just tell him right now, Lord, I'm enlisting in training. Lord, in training to endure to the end. Lord, tell him what you need to do. Lord, I need to, I need to get alone with you. I need to start praying by myself. What am I thinking? You know, I only do it when I'm hyped up with other people around me. I need to start reading my Bible. I need to memorize some scripture. Tell him what you need to do, that, that muscle training. Tell him what you're going to commit to do. Not, not a hundred things, just one or two. Maybe you needed that discipline of silence like I had. You need to stop talking all the time, being a loud mouth. Maybe that's you. Maybe you need, need some solitude. You need to be alone. Maybe you need to fast for a day or for a week or for a few days. Tell him what you're going to do. Just lift up your hand, lift up your voice. Tell him what you're going to do. Lord, I'm going into training. I, I love these experiences where we encounter you. But Lord, I've got to get my muscles trained. The enemy's going to try to attack me. I've got to be in shape. I can't win a game. I can't finish a race if I'm not in shape. If you say, I've got toxins I need to get rid of, you need to get out of my heart. Just lift up your right hand right now. Tell, them, tell the Lord what that is. Stuff I've been looking at, stuff I've been listening to, music, you know, that it's waste of time, television, whatever it might be, waste of time videos, waste of time conversation, toxins that I need to get out. Maybe it's blatant, repugnant sin. You just say, God, I got to get rid of it. I'm going to repent right now. Tell them, I'm turning my back on that thing. I'm turning away from that thing. Waste time wasting where I'm just listening and to those 40,000 hours of music and television and movies telling me how to live. I don't, I, I need the toxins scraped off my heart today, Lord. Ask him for it right now. Lord, forgive me. Just say that to him. Forgive me, Lord. I repent. I don't want that buildup. I don't want the plaque on my heart that's made me hard towards you. Tell him what it is that you're repenting of. Tell him what you're going to do with that stuff. You might, you, know, you might need to throw stuff away as soon as you get home. You might need to throw stuff away while you're here, stuff you brought with you. Maybe you brought drugs or something with you. I don't know. Maybe you just need to throw it away. You know, you erase stuff off your hard drive. You erase stuff off your iPod. Stuff that you just kind of, it's been putting toxins in your mind and in your heart. What am I doing this for? Am I playing a game or am I serious? Am I going to run this race and finish it? Or am I just going to limp along and hope I make it? Those of you thinking about nutrition, you're sick and tired of only having two spiritual meals a week. You say, I'm going to start feeding myself. Lift up your left hand if that's you. I'm going to start feeding myself. I'm going to get podcasts. I'm going to get books. I'm going to get sermons. I'm going to, I'm going to feed myself. The, I'm going to read the Bible. I'm going to memorize stuff. I'm going to get into it. Just tell them, tell them, Lord, I, I, I make a list of areas you want to grow in and just start going and getting food that'll help you grow in those areas. That's, that's what you do, right? And then you take it back to your youth group, talk to your youth pastor, your friends about it. That's what we do. That's what we do. We grow. We feed ourselves. Finally, Lord, we set our minds to finish the race. Can we make a declaration today? If you say, I'm going to set my mind, I see myself finishing strong. Can we make a declaration all over this building? Lift up your voice with me. Say, Lord Jesus, with your grace and by your power, with the strength of the Holy Spirit, I see myself crossing the finish line at the very end of my life, finishing strong, high-fiving all the saints who've gone before me. 
today, hear the words. Well done, good and faithful servant. I set my mind on the things above. With all my heart, I will plan and I will train to finish my race and finish strong. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. And I can hear the crowd of angels and everybody screaming, keep running, keep running, keep running, 